welcome back to the bookish besties where we talk about a books and occasionally their film adaptations we are your co-hosts seher and taya in today's episode we'll be discussing percy jackson and the olympians the lightning thief by rick Rorden. just to let you know this is not a spoiler free podcast so listen at your own risk And with that, let's get into the episode. Basically, The Lightning Thief is about Percy Jackson and his journey going through piecing together his background. It starts off, he's in New York, I believe. He's been kicked out of many schools. Then he ends up going to this summer camp, and that's when he meets people like him. I really like this book and honestly like I heard a lot of reviews about people reading this as a kid and really enjoying it. I didn't read this as a kid so that was fun and I think that a lot of people they still have that like nostalgia factor when talking about these books because they read them when they were young which I kind of wish I did because I feel like that would be a different experience and would be interesting. Some of the kids books that I've read as of recent it was very entertaining and I did enjoy it and I thought you know it had everything you needed. I feel like it wasn't dumbed down. It didn't have like a simple plot. We really got to see a lot of good character development and just the story overall was well laid out, well written. Like everything I think was very well pieced together to make this story. Yeah, just like Taya, I also enjoyed this book. I thought for a children's book, this book had some pretty interesting themes. I enjoyed the characters too. It's pretty fast paced. There's like a lot going on which I think is perfect for like a kid's novel too. And I also liked learning about the Greek mythology that was like incorporated into the story. And I think if we read the series, we'd learn a lot more about that. So I think if you were into Greek mythology as a kid and you didn't want a super heavy or dense book, I think that this would have been a really good series to get into. Yeah, this book definitely got a lot of kids into Greek mythology. So yeah. Oh yeah. I will say, I'm not going to speak for Seher, but I probably will read at least some of this series. I know it's kind of complicated with Rick Royden novels to try and figure out what order to read them in. So far, I mean, I have other books on my list and this doesn't really take that high of a priority, so we'll see, but I'm sure much more happens with Percy. Okay, this whole fantasy season and reading all these fantasy books as ebooks has kind of turned my brain to mush, so I'm not sure if I want to be able to read like for a while any more fantasy books as ebooks. I'm planning on reading Percy Jackson's later, but that'll be in a long time. (laughs) So one thing I wanted to add about the plot is I do like how Percy had to fight just the right amount to get where he wanted to be. Like, you know, the third time's the charm rule. It was kind of like that because I feel like this book like because it's a kid's book, you know, it wasn't going to be like Land of Stories, got everything they wanted immediately. I really felt like Percy did have to struggle and then he did earn those rewards and I think that the pacing of the book was perfect in that sense. One thing happens, another thing happens and he keeps fighting to try and get to his end goal, right? And then finally he gets to his end goal, which it felt much more rewarding that way and with his friends as well. Like it was really a team effort, which I liked. Usually most children books like the children they just get whatever they need like right away and Percy Jackson he actually had to like work for it. I mean one thing I liked about the plot was the whole mythology aspect to it and I did like how everyone was kind of blaming Percy for stealing Zeus's lightning bolt and I kind of liked just the tension and how Percy's so chill with you know 
Greek gods accusing him of stealing their things, you know? He's like, oh well, too bad, I don't have it, I guess sucks for you. And you're like, bro, are you, you good? Because like, I mean, if you're getting accused of stealing a lightning bolt, and he's just here like, okay, like, have fun finding that lightning bolt that I apparently have. <laughs> also, I'm just remembering certain scenes in the book that were written in a way that just felt like a dream. Like some of the dreams that I have too, where remember when he was in the store and there was that old lady who turned out she was like oh yeah here i'll give you clothes and money and then when we went to the hotel and they ended up losing a bunch of time it was it was very interesting for me because how he could write how the characters or people were written as so that they just seemed a little bit off and i think that we got to see like through percy's eyes because you know he is the main character right he kind of was like hmm these people are a little bit off but like no red flags there and like really reading it, you're kind of like, well, it could just be this weird kid, just him being weird, or it could be these characters are actually, like, really bad. So I really liked getting to kind of think for myself about, okay, well, let's think about this. What is, what are these characters? Are these characters good? Are these characters bad? Something's not right here. Yeah, for, like, these characters that are written to, like, be kind of off, like, the red flags aren't obvious, at least Percy's point of view. So then it gives the reader the chance, because it's more like, at, like, first, it's more like Percy's, like, I kind of get bad vibes so like it also gives you a chance to be like does this person also give me bad vibes but a lot of other books you don't get that the reader just tells you if they're good or bad if people read this as younger i feel like it's more so just children would just be like naive just be like oh they're fine just a few things are off but they wouldn't ultimately a big deal out of that her the first character is percy jackson right and i just wanted to mention like how he's written is so perfect because i cannot relate to anything about Percy Jackson. I cannot relate to his character, like his motives, nothing. I'm, I have nothing in common with him. And yet the way that like, I don't know about, I haven't really read any other Rick Royden books, but the way that he's written, just like, I can relate to him. I don't know what, I don't know what it's about, but just, you know, I think because he's so like, he seems so realistic or there's just something about it. I just, I can't pinpoint it, but I do really relate to Percy just as reading it, not in like a sense of, ooh, this is like me, this is like me, and this is like me. It's just that reading it, you kind of felt for him and you're like oh oh no you know i do think they got the age pretty well for him being 12 i will say there were a couple things because i feel like the book is aimed towards kids 8 to 12 so i feel like if you were a little bit older near you might think some of the things he thinks is odd because you know some of his characteristics seem a little bit younger because the book is i think geared towards younger people and younger readers but i also think some of his like thoughts seem very mature like his thoughts on gabe and like how he's like he's abusive and stuff like that and how he realized like how bad of a person gabe was i don't know if a 12 year old could have maybe a 12 year old but maybe not anyone younger so i think that i I mean, I'm all for aging up characters and like their thoughts because it makes me feel better about myself. But you know, if you read a character that's a genius, I kind of like that. But I did think he was very capable and smart. Maybe that was just a, a choice and making him, you know, very aware of his surroundings, which 
who knows? But I did like to point that out, that the age was pretty spot on, but there were a couple things. Okay, I mean, yeah, the authors are obviously, like, not children anymore. So usually, most of the time when authors do write children, it's either they're, like, very mature or they act, like, a lot less mature than their actual age. So it seems pretty difficult to actually write children characters or someone that's, like, not close to your age or something. But yeah, like, with the thing about, like, relating to him, I didn't really relate to him in any aspects, but I, like, was able to, like, feel for him a lot. I guess kind of just like relate to his feeling as if I were him if that makes sense. I think Grover and Annabeth were really crucial friends for Percy because I mean he's had a couple friends including Grover but like not really that many friends and so him being able to trust Grover and Annabeth even though getting that prophecy or whatever that one of his friends is going to betray him or something you know he was able to kind of put that behind him and just be in the moment with them which I I really like and I think that also they both brought things to the table. They both had their strengths that they brought even though Grover kind of seemed like the underdog and didn't really seem like he had that many capabilities. He really did and you know he saved them a couple times and as well as Annabeth too she's very capable and I think that just the trio you know they really they really worked well together, which I liked reading. Yeah, they definitely complement each other in many aspects. I also like to see how the kind of the group functions because in a lot of books, there's kind of the stereotypical characters. There's the main character. There's the one that's just kind of grumpy all the time that sits out in the corner that no one knows. There's always certain characters and I didn't feel like this group had that. They were all very real and genuine characters with their own depths and personalities. And so they weren't just complimenting off each other because of their face values or their character. I feel like there were more to them and their situations, which I really like. Yeah, like, usually the group of threes, it's, like, the main character who's, like, intelligent and quick-witted. Then there's the other person that's, like, the basically the comic relief that just is there to make everyone's mood go up. And then there's the other character who's, like, more quiet and reserved or, like, aggressive or something. So, like, obviously these characters, they don't fit into those categories. So it's nice to see, especially for children books, because I feel like this is a common trope for many children books because I guess people just like dumb down the characters if that makes sense for children to digest so it's like cool to see these like characters that actually have their like own personalities and character to them we've seen character development in all three of them and everyone really but i think that we will get to see a lot more character development there's still there's still a lot of room for these these people to grow yeah definitely and if there's gonna be like multiple books they like they better be developing you know like they can't just stay the same <laughs> So one theme that I thought was really kind of prevalent throughout this is teamwork and needing to be able to compromise. That kind of goes along with being in a team or working as a single unit. Yeah. Another theme is family because as we can see, all the kids at Camp Half-Blood, they all have like a complicated, or at least the main characters, they have like at least a complicated like relationship with at least one family member or something. And especially because they grew up with like one parent who is a Greek god, the other is usually human. It, they already have a pretty complicated relationship with their family. And there's like a lot of found family between characters that are at Camp 
half-blood. I also think tying into that is like identity too because they have such a complicated relationship with the human world and things are out to get them constantly and they feel like they really need to like prove themselves. We see from Percy's point of view he's very conflicted but I think also everyone they're trying to figure out what is their place because you know the camp for half-bloods like they're not either or they don't they don't really fit in any category so I think that trying to figure out who they are is a really big part of this. Another theme is loyalty because, hmm, you know, we got some betrayals in there and just figuring out who they stand by and who, who they're gonna trust and all that jazz, you know? As you may have noticed, we haven't really mentioned on one, on one specific thing to this story is the movie. And that is because we didn't really incorporate it in the first part of the episode because it wasn't good. Everyone can agree with that. I don't even know why they made a second one. Yeah, would you would you like to add on to that? Yeah, the movie was bad. Like, no one thinks it's- if you think it's good, you're kind of weird. They change a lot of stuff. It's essentially just a remake, but not the good type. Um, I will say the only version I could find was in Spanish. <laughs> so I don't really, don't ask me what happened in it because I can only tell you the visuals and like a couple things. I didn't watch the full movie. I just watched like some clips and read some reviews, but it is not good. Wow, I just wasted an hour and a half of my life. Yeah, I will say there's a couple things that they changed that like, why? First of all, the ages. Why did they need to make them Yeah, teenagers? they aged them so up. bad. Like, who who yeah. made that decision? Because, no, that, that wasn't a good mm. choice. Okay, I have a couple things to say about the characters themselves. Not only are they older, right? Yeah. Percy, I feel like that's like the closest person to their book character, but then the other two. So we have Annabeth, she is not blonde. I don't know who made that decision. I mean, no hate, but like, how hard is it to find a blonde person? And also because I feel like reading that, that was like one of her key defining like features, her thing, because everyone else has like brown hair like Percy does. So I, I don't know. Not to like nitpick or anything. It would have been fine yeah. if they were like the right age maybe, but it was just kind of like two odds. Are we going to talk about Grover? Yeah, they made the only black character than part animal and that's already like messed up. Yeah. I will say Rick Royden does a horrible job at representation, but that's a whole other. But the movie, like, were they trying to add diversity? Because I'm sure you could have added it to any other character. Or they could have added more. They could have added another normal kid, but it was like majority, all the characters were white. They changed Grover's personality. One, they made him way less shy. He was way more outgoing. He was popular, friends with everybody. And I'm like, that's not Grover at all. I don't know why they needed to change that. And they just made him the comic relief, which Grover, I mean, he was the comic relief, but not really the intentional comic relief. Like he wasn't trying to be funny he just happened to be yeah it was more natural in the books and like more unintentional and like the movies it's like pretty obvious that he's like trying to be funny i don't know that just gives bad vibes like you really had to ruin grover's character with that and i think also it would have been fine if like they added more diversity it was just the the one thing is the only character besides background character that was not white was grover which is a satyr yeah so there were a couple changes to the movie plot itself percy 
attacks the bull. Remember at the beginning where he's running to Camp Half-Blood? He attacks the bull after his mom dies. It kind of just defeats the purpose. It does, and he doesn't attack the demon, like in the math teacher demon, which those were two very important, significant, relevant things in the book. Those were the beginning of his character development and him learning to fight. He didn't even try. So I felt like that kind of defeated both the purpose of that. Also, the camp seemed much fuller. Have you? I don't know how much of it you've seen, but did you see like how many people were at the camp? I literally thought there were like 12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not even that many Greek gods. So like, why are there so many people at this camp? I know. Honestly, that's the least of my concerns with what went wrong in this movie is how many people were at the camp. Enough talking about how bad this movie was. On to what, what would you, would you do? do? So, is that her? No, you go first. What would you do if you were if you were Percy and you just killed this like random teacher and then everyone else is kind of just like, we didn't know that teacher. Like that teacher was never here. How would you just like react to that whole situation? I mean, obviously I don't want people to remember that I killed a teacher. So like maybe I'd just be like, cool, never happened then. But I'd also be kind of weirded out since everyone denied that, that the teacher existed. But like getting rid of evidence, right? I probably think it was some, like, practical joke. For me, I'd definitely be very confused because, like, you don't have to remember that I killed the teacher, but, like, you just don't remember the teacher, period? Like, okay, but it's also, like, I'm not about to prove that I murdered someone to people. I'm not gonna go out of my way to, like, expose myself, and I probably just tried telling myself, like, okay, you were just dreaming. None of that actually happened because everyone keeps on denying it, you know? What would you do if you you know, had run away, you attacked a bull, yada yada, your mom died, and you woke up, and Annabeth was there. <laughs> like, you were just chilling, and you woke up in Camp Half-Blood, and you were like, what? Because I feel like nobody really explained anything. I feel like that's kind of a common trope, but nobody explains anything to the main character in the beginning. They're literally clueless on what the happens, and you're just like, well, you're supposed to learn. I mean, I'd definitely be freaking out, because I'm like, okay, so people don't even remember that teacher was murdered. Uh, my mom's dead. I just killed some bull and now I'm in this place and I don't remember anything either. I'd probably just try to go back to sleep. Yeah, I'd just like act like I'm asleep and then just run when they're not there. Honestly, me too. That's one thing I don't understand. Like when people want answers out of you, I see this in all types of fiction, television, movies, books, right? They're sleeping and they wake up from a traumatic event, night, yada yada, and all of a sudden, like let's say they're getting, I mean this is not the same, but like they're getting tortured and then they wake up and then they ask more questions. I don't know, maybe pretend you're asleep. Maybe don't open your eyes. Like, I don't know. I feel like I just like in bed all the time. Like, I'd be such a lazy main character. I mean, they're gonna get up eventually to torture you. I mean, that's not what was happening here, but, like, they're not gonna wait for you so you can sleep. Like, they'll be nice for, like, a few hours. I mean, like, i try eavesdropping and then run away or something. What would you do if you were Percy and you found out that Poseidon was your dad? Here's one thing I just wanted to mention before the hand is that we do see a lot of Percy's inward dilemma. Here's my dad. He's a Greek god, but he also just doesn't really love me enough. <laughs> like, oh, I'm a half-blood, you know, went to live with my mom because he didn't want anything to do with me and suddenly I have powers. You know, I feel like there was that level of, like, maturity kicking in there again, but he did have that struggle 
I think, between my dad doesn't want me. Yeah, okay, so I'd probably just be kind of just freaked out by the fact that he is a Greek god, like, not even human in the first place, and, like, that meaning that I'm also, like, half Greek god. Yeah, I feel like I, just like Percy, I probably have complicated feelings about him for similar reasons. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way if I found out that, like, my dad didn't want anything to do with me because of you're half human. Also because he could have gotten his, like, the answers to his life so much sooner so that he wouldn't have been kept in the dark. I feel like I would have been a bit salty about that. Definitely be a lot of resentment, I feel like. Also, it seems like the only time he ever wanted anything to do with Percy was because it was convenient. All right. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Bookish Besties. We're your co-hosts, Seher and Taya. Make sure to join us on our next episode talking about We Hunt the Flame. So look forward to that and make sure to stay connected with us on our social medias on Instagram at thebookishbesties underscore and on TikTok at bookishbesties. Toodles. Bye. Have a nice Have day. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.